Welcome to our Dental Business Transaction Podcast and welcome, Eddie. Um, I saw you this weekend at the BDIA charging through the aisles with the front page of the mirror uh, with the headline story that it's easier to get your dental work done in the Ukraine than it is here in the UK. So, uh, How shocking is that? You know, and the, the editorial in the mirror, I think, at the weekend summed it up. You know, if, if bombed, war-torn Ukraine can provide an emergency uh, public dental service during a war, what is wrong with the NHS that we can't provide that? You know, it is completely shocking, isn't it? It is. It is the lengths you have to go to to, to get your teeth looked after today. Uh, yeah, but we, it was great to see you there, you know, representing the BDA. Um, and I know you've been busy um, and there's quite a lot to talk about. Um, so one thing that's on my mind is it was rollback into uh, autumn last year, um, announcing some of the marginal changes to the NHS banding, the skill, clinical skill mix of the team, and that opportunity to deliver extra UDAs and overperform. Um, you know, what's been the implications um, and how have the, the profession received that? Yeah, well, I, I think initially when the, the, the negotiations started with Sean Charwood and his team at the General Dental Practice Committee, um, these were labelled quick wins. And it took about 18 months to negotiate them before they were introduced. And even when they were introduced uh, to the profession in a letter in the, in the summer, it took a further few months to actually get the legislation through Parliament to actually get that um, into place. But uh, we, we carried out a survey of our members fairly shortly afterwards to see how much of an impact it was having in, in practice. And, and let, let's be honest, if you're being slightly better remunerated for more complex work, then there will be a benefit for a significant number of the practices. That, that isn't uh, in doubt. But how much of a, uh, an improvement is really quite questionable because, you know, colleagues are telling me that the patients are presenting with a whole r a range of really complex things because of the delay in actually getting into surgeries. Um, so we carried out a survey, and the early indications indicate uh, that for a very small percentage of, the, uh, of our members, they don't believe this will be significant enough to change their mindset about their long-term commitment to the NHS. Uh, and that, I think, will be worrying to NHS England. It's probably what we thought, um, because they, they believe that further tinkering and changes to the contract in, in piecemeal manner will change the situation for many people working in primary care. And I don't, we don't believe that. We, need it, we think it needs more radical reform than that. Um, and, and these figures will be worrying, I think, to NHS. I think it will also be worrying to the population uh, because many patients out there are in desperate need of NHS care, uh, and if there is no security of uh, a service provision going forward, then they will be worried as well. But um, let, let me have a quick look at the figures. Yeah, 28% thought that the uh, changes would improve their contract. Um, you know, so about a third of the people we, we, we uh, surveyed. One in five thought it would be easier for them to deliver their contract. But that means four in five didn't think that. Um, and as I said, only about two or three percent believe that that would change their mindset really about their long term commitment to the NHS. 
And ultimately, that's what we're trying to, to, to impact they're trying to have is to, you know, keep dentists in the NHS and incentivise to continue to provide those services. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, th- there are lots of things within the NHS contract uh, that need to change. Um, uh, and and at the moment, well, uh, just last week, Sean Charwood gave evidence uh, to the Health Select Committee, there's an inquiry that's ongoing at the moment by the Health Select Committee into dentistry. Um, it's a very shortened inquiry. Normally, these inquiries go over a, a long period of time, uh, but this is going to be over only two um, oral evidence sessions. The next one's in April when uh, the Department of Health and Chief Dental Officer are giving evidence on the 22nd of April. And there is hope that this report will come out before, um, before the May elections. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what their recommendations are, because I think we would hope uh, that they would make serious recommendations that NHS England could not ignore and will have to speed up contractual reform. Because I think it was clear from the first evidence session when Sean gave uh, evidence last week um, that the committee were, I think, convinced that marginal tweaks to the contract were insufficient to actually do anything of significance. So assuming the uh, the survey data will be going in to that review? We actually used this evidence to submit into our written evidence. It wasn't really picked... Well, there were questions about the marginal changes in last week's um, oral hearing. So obviously the committee are aware of some of the stats that we've given them. So talking of um, evidence... Um, I very much doubt that the DDRB report will be ready for uh, the 1st of April in a few days. Um, so we know what that, you know, that pay increase is going to be. But what's that looking like from the BDA perspective? Well, well I think um, Sean actually had a really busy week last week because <laughs> he, he gave oral evidence to the uh, DDRB. Um, Back back in January, I I was summoned by Steve Barclay to a meeting in, at the Department of Health. I was the first chair of the BDA since the nineteen nineties to actually have a meeting with the with the actual Secretary of State responsible for health. Normally, we just get the junior ministers responsible for dentistry, and uh, at that meeting. He said to me that we've implemented the DDRB recommendations in full. And I had to remind him that he hadn't done that because part of the recommendations of last year were that they were to negotiate with the BDA over expenses. Uh, and really, I said to him at that meeting, if you think 4.75% uplifting contract is going to deliver a 4, 4.5% pay uplift for dentists, then you are mistaken uh, because you haven't negotiated properly on that. Um, he also said he apologised for the fact that the, the uplifting contracts was only happening in January. He said that that was unacceptable. And I, <laughs> I clearly agreed with him. I told him it was disgraceful rather than unex- uh, unacceptable. Um, and he said, um, we want to get back on time. You know, we want to get this process back on track. And uh, we submitted it all, uh, written evidence by the Christmas deadline. And... Three weeks after that deadline, the chair of the DDRB had to write to the minister to ask him where their evidence was. Uh, so he, he promised he would get back on track, yet they submitted their written evidence three weeks late. 
So we're already running to try and catch up again. Um, and our evidence to the DDRB, uh, again, we're calling for above inflation. Uh, you know, we see the industrial action across the NHS at the moment, but dentists aren't taking industrial action in primary care. They're just walking away from dentistry or NHS dentistry. Um, we see uh, in our hospital colleagues, we've got 19 trusts at the moment where dentists working in those trusts are taking industrial action alongside their junior doctor colleagues. So there are dentists on strike at the moment or will be on strike going again. Um, but, you know, if you look at the uh, pay of dentists and you compare it to nurses or junior doctors, Sadly, we're at the top of a league table that's uh, something that we're, we're not proud to be top of. You know, our, our pay restoration would require something over 30% to actually put dentists back to the levels of remuneration they were on a decade ago. Because it's been years of falling um, behind inflation. The, yeah, the DDRB recommendations have not kept pace with the running costs of, of delivering dentistry on the high street. Um, and, you know, I can understand an associate seeing a headline saying, oh, contracts have been uplifted 4.5%, uh, and going to their principal and saying, you know, I want a 4.5% uplift in my, in my UDAs. Yes, and exactly. And, as, you know, we're looking at dental accounts all the time and, uh, you know, there's been massive um, wages in, wage increases within practices in a percentage terms, really, really significant uh, cost of sales going up, you know, lab work. And we're starting to see that filter through letters coming through the post, you know, in line with inflation, we're putting up uh, your services um, and the cost of, you know, of suppliers. So it's real and it really is um, impacting dental practices out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, it's the whole dental team, isn't it? You know, um, if your running costs are 11%, 13% increase and you get a contract uplift of 4.75%, uh, you can't turn around to your workforce and say, actually, you know, I, I'm going to give you a really good pay uplift because your business will go bust because your profit margins are falling. Um, but it, it, equally, I know that uh, practices are having to pay you know, uh, a considerable uplift in, in salary to keep members of staff in their team. Otherwise, they haven't got an ability to deliver the service. Yeah, it's one of the, the biggest challenges, I think, facing uh, most owners um, today. Um, something else um, that's quite current is we're going to be seeing the ICBs launched very shortly. Um, what's, what, what's, what are the implications and uh, what do you expect as a result? Well, um, you know, yet another uh, reorganisation of the NHS um, uh, and, you know, there are, there are advantages of having commissioning done at a more local level. Um, those who are real advocates of what the ICBs can deliver uh, will talk about the flexibility that, that will be there for commissioning things and dentists may be able to take huge advantage of that and integrate with their medical colleagues, you know, their general medical colleagues or their pharmacy colleagues or other, uh, other colleagues working in primary care. So that, that is an advantage. But there is real worry uh, about the budget. Um, some of the documents that have been produced by the government show that the, there will be ring fencing of the dental budget, but it's really unclear. I had a conversation with our 
ICB in Birmingham, and they said that they would bring fence to the budget from the end of the, the next financial year. Um, but there's 400 million plus clawback coming back. Uh, you know, it, it, from from this end of this financial year, and there is real uncertainty about where that money is going, whether it's going to be ring-fenced, whether it's going to be recommissioned on dental services, or sadly, it might be, you know, used to actually um, fill the hole of an overspend of the IC. These ICBs have already existed for a year. They're only now taking on the responsibility for dentistry. And in their first year alone, you know, they've lost over £500 million in, in operational uh, costs uh, because they've overspent in other areas. So, you know, dentistry has always been the area where if they've got clawback money coming back in, the rest of the NHS have used it uh, to block, block the hold of the overspend. And now more than ever, boy, does it need to remain in dentistry. Um, we're seeing the implications uh, at an accelerated rate. Um, for patients, for practices, um, that money does need to stay in dentistry. Um, you know, sometimes I'm really concerned when I'm working with dentists who are going to stop, step away from the chair side, but I'm certainly not worried about you, Eddie. There's plenty to keep you busy for the profession. And, you know, we really appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you. And um, there's a lot going on, so I'm sure that we'll have plenty to talk about on our next instalment. So... For now, um, have a great day and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Abby.